0: it's matt hewitt here and i want to thank all of you that have listened and given us feedback over the number of weeks that we've been doing the podcast here and i wanted to tell you that we are sponsored by nobody we have no affiliations with anybody but if you want to support the podcast you're more than welcome to i do this for fun and for free but uh, if you guys feel like that it's pretty awesome, and you want to contribute to the longevity of the podcast, or you want to say, hey, Matt, here's a little bone for for doing this thing, uh, you're more than welcome to sponsor. I think there's a link on uh, wherever you choose to listen to your podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google, uh, wherever you can listen to this podcast, I think there's a link that you can click on if you want to be a, a sponsor or a donor. You're more than welcome to do that. Again, I just want to thank you all for listening and keep supporting and keep reaching out and giving me your ideas, thoughts, and feedback. Peace. Welcome, everybody, to Into the Friar Ramblings from the Kitchen. I am your host, Matt Hewitt, and today's episode is a great great interview with a guy that i've known for a long long time Uh, we met in junior high and kind of ran in similar circles but kind of on the periphery gentleman brett baker he's got a great great story super fun super candid brett uh is the, he, as he describes it, uh, chef facilitator and head problem solver for a trio of restaurants up in Sun Valley, Idaho. We have Town Square Tavern, Ketchum Grill, and Enoteca. Um, he, like I said, he he and I have known each other for for about 30 years, maybe a couple. Give or take a couple, and uh, he's got a great, great story. Why don't you take a listen and stay tuned? Brett. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. How's it going? Uh, good, man. Good. All right. So we're trying this. You're you're my guinea pig for this uh, for this uh, call recording. But I tested it out on an, on someone's voicemail yesterday, so it seemed like so, it worked okay.
1: So it worked out, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we, if we, if if we talk for an hour and then and then uh and then it I find that it didn't record. I'll be really bummed. I'll probably have enjoyed <laughs> the hour, and then we'll just do it again. We'll do it again, and it'll be something completely different.
1: That's okay. You know how.
0: The, We'll you know how that to goes. give
1: it a shout and see what happens. So yeah. we'll to record it and then download it onto Anchor, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I I can uh send it from my phone to like my email and then just pull it off the email and and then uh import it into 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 the app, so we'll see what happens. Okay. So let's do this thing.
2: All right. And but and
0: and, and by the way, I may not edit any of this this <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just have a bunch of raw like bullshit and then and then we'll just it'll go people will be like what the fuck are these guys talking about and then and then we'll get into uh we'll get into chatting about food and shit okay so good all right so brett baker welcome to into the fryer ramblings from the po- ramblings from the kitchen podcast i appreciate you joining me on a on a beautiful sunday morning um no problem I just want to give people some little bit of background, and Brett, uh, I think we first met each other, might have been 6th or 7th grade, when did you move to Long Beach?
1: I moved to Long Beach, I think it was in 84, '83 so or was, 84, yep.
0: So, so that would have been like 4th or 5th grade?
1: Uh, shit. yeah. <laughs> 4th or 5th or 6th grade, somewhere in that range, yep. Right. And then, so met, I guess,
0: we met at Rogers well, Junior High, or was that at, did you go to Lowell? Uh,
1: I didn't go to Lowell, I started at Rogers, so what was that, 6th grade, 7th grade? That would have
0: been 7th, 7th grade. Yep, yeah, that's probably about started. like, probably about like 86, Yep. maybe. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah it's been a while, it's been a long it's time. Been a, it's been a while and we we chatted the other day and uh it, it's been probably since 1992ish or maybe there's a couple of times that we ran into each other uh right around the, that time but um not a lot of interaction since then but it was good to to catch up so um so Brett why don't you uh kind of just get into it and how you you had kind of told me previously how you got started in the culinary industry. So why don't you let our listeners in on that little secret?
1: Well, uh, I kind of fell into it. Uh, like I said, uh, I had some uh, cousins that have owned restaurants and um, kind of in the Midwest. So every vacation I'd go up and go into their restaurants and make sandwiches and soups and just screw around in the kitchen. Uh, and then at home, I've always kind of played around in the kitchen and had a knack for it. And, and then, like I said, uh, you know, you and I, you know, we weren't best of friends, but we definitely hung around the same people. And when everybody started going off to college, uh, you know, I was an avid skateboarder at that time. So I was sponsored and didn't know what to do. And then everybody was moving up to San Francisco and I thought, well, you know, what a better place to go to skateboard and do stuff and hang out with my friends. And so I uh, followed everybody up to San Francisco. And then one day, somebody had mentioned a, um, a culinary school at the uh, City College of San Francisco. And so I went in and applied, and they accepted me that day. Uh, and I think I started five or six days after that. And then got down to about my last semester and then quit Um some of the, well, was, you know, I was it was kind of already above average when I entered. So sure, uh, uh, well, two of the chefs had restaurants, and one of them just said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll pay you sixteen bucks an hour if you come work for me, or you could sit here and finish your your escapade here at culinary school. So I definitely uh, went and dropped out right away. Uh, didn't make anybody happy at the school but uh I think it was the right idea. Um and kinda of continued my career in San Francisco and uh uh kept screwing around up there and got one of my biggest gigs in San Francisco and kinda of everything has just fallen into place. Uh, where
0: so let me let me jump in for a quick second. I have a couple of questions. You're just kind of Yeah. So I, I never went to culinary school, and I imagine like I started cooking probably about nineteen. I uh, was probably like nineteen, and you know, you and I had talked about how I was working at that uh, little place in in Long Beach, and then you know, as a delivery driver during the day, no no delivery. So I just learned how to peel vegetables and use a knife and do all those things and right. so on and so forth. So you had a, a pretty good breadth of experience before culinary school. Do you think that your sk- – I, I have two kind of ideas, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, I've seen people, a majority of people that I've dealt with that have come out of culinary school aren't, just aren't very good. Like they don't oh, have an, any idea of what restaurants are about.
1: No, they're the fucking worst. And I got to hire them <laughs> and train So it's almost like, uh, uh, I tell people don't go to culinary school, uh, walk your way into a restaurant about eleven, ten, nine, ten, eleven in the morning and talk to the chef and see what he has to offer you. Cause, uh, like you said, yeah, you, you learn what hotel pans are and what nine pans are and how they fit together and shit like that. But, uh, No, it doesn't uh, give you – I wouldn't say it gives you any head start in any kitchen whatsoever, and I think you can agree with me on that one. Uh, When you start working in these kitchens, uh, it's kind of, fuck you until you prove yourself, and then once you prove yourself, then they start learning your name, and then it kind of goes from there. Sure, uh, sure. uh, uh, I've – had lots of experience with lots of culinary kids. Um, and some of the greatest stories are uh, when I was um, – I still kind of had this baby face look to me. And uh, when I was an uh, executive sous chef down in uh, San Diego, um, I, did, I did all the interviewing and hiring. But I had to pass it by the executive chef. And I remember one day I had five interviews. And three out of the five interviews go, well, when am I going to meet the chef? And I said, you are not meeting anybody until you get past me. And they go, well, who are you? And I said, I'm the sous chef. And they went, you seem a bit young. And I went, okay. And I went, Chef Mark on that that fucking application. (laughs) And that's kind of how it's been. I've I've been – proving myself uh since day one and i think as chefs we're always continuing to want to do better and prove ourselves and that's kind of how it is and yeah i found a slot up here in sun valley where i get to train i get to work i get to manage um, i get to screw off i'm not in this corporate uh thing where I can't fraternize with you know co-workers or do anything like that so it's kind of a it's great for me right now it's a free-for-all and I still get culinary students all the time applications and they think just because they have that culinary background that they're the best and yeah it's kind of great too I work with a few people that uh, some of their culinary instructors have you know gone and gone beyond and become master chefs, and that sure. kind of falls back on them, and they're like, well, my uh, instructor is now a master chef, so that makes me a better chef, and I'm just like, how the fuck, I mean, how do you come to that conclusion? You can swear as much
0: so, as you want on here, don't worry about it. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, you no know, I sit back fuck. and I just go, how the hell does, how does that make you a better chef? I go, just because... Your instructor became a master chef doesn't mean you're a master chef. So uh, back to culinary school, yeah, you know, it kind of gives you something. But uh, I think like anything in the real world, you get your training on the job. And you really yeah. have to figure out what's going on. And I've seen eight out of ten culinary students drop within the first week of uh, – they're or they're, uh, you know, first week week at work. They're like, this is just sure. bullshit. I can't handle this volume. And, you know, when I hire people, I tell people, I'm like, look, you're dedicated for at least 10 hours. There's no cigarette breaks. There's no going outside, hanging out. Um, you're in the kitchen for 10 hours straight. Find something to eat when you can. And when we're done, we're done. And that's basically it. And uh, it's kind of funny we run into that because last night I was working um, at one of the three restaurants and it was kind of, that, kind of that attitude was like, oh, we're almost done, so I don't want to do any more work. And it was like, what's up, guys? We're not fucking done. We're not done till the last table comes out. You know And now we're, yeah. we're fucking orders up and things are getting shitty right now and we're not done. Oh God! Don't I hated that. Like every
0: like, there was two times that I really hated. One one was that like when it was slow, and oh, yeah. everyone loses everyone loses focus. And that's oh, I, I, I was I still talk to chefs today, and I'm like I'm like, isn't that when most of the mistakes happen? They're like, yeah. Why is that? And I'm like, because no one's focused because they're not busy. They're not, not like. Done. Yeah, 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 and then, at the, and then at the end of the night, and then at the end of the night, you're like, everyone's trying to get out of there, and they're just like, okay, I'm over it, and there's like as minimal amount of attention to any kind of detail that you could, that you could. Uh... Well,
1: and that was the thing last night, it was kind of, I almost was on the verge of snapping, but then I was like, well, I'll pull the reins back and just relax, I mean, we're, we're kind of running into the slow season, but one of the guys I was working with was like, well, I got to get out of here at 9.30, and I go, we're not even fucking close to being done at 9.30. And he's cleaning shit up, and we got to cook staff dinners and stuff. And yeah. here we are. We did 100-plus you know, dinners, and then now i got to do 8 to 10, 15 employee dinners. And this guy's fucking around cleaning up, and I'm looking for sauces and shit. And it's like, God damn it, you know? <laughs> like, leave, if, done, if you want to fucking leave, leave. Just leave everything out so I can get my fucking job done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I agree with you on that one. Uh, slow being slow sucks, and when you're just exhausted at the end of the night, and you got a couple guys that want to get out of there, that's oh yeah,
0: yeah. We I I worked for a I worked for a brief while as a as a front of the house manager at uh, at the original Fish Company in Los Alamitos, and I always tell I always tell people like they were the most efficient crew that I've ever seen like at closing a restaurant like if we closed at 11 on like a friday or saturday at 10 and and like if someone walked in at ten fifty nine, we were freaking we were serving them you know
2: <laughs> yeah. but uh
0: but these guys like for how i don't know how they just were super super efficient and it would be like ten fifty nine, all the stations would be cleaned and they'd just be standing there it was like that scene like that what's that freaking scene from uh waiting when everyone's just like looking at the clock you know just like waiting (laughs) (laughs) waiting but but these guys were awesome and i i always used to uh the last place that i that i was a director of culinary operations for i would i would i would marvel at my guys there because i'd be like how do you guys take so long you know to clean but you know i would kind of bring up that story of the of the original fish company and how efficient these guys were.
1: Well, there's, and and I have the same type of crew. You know, I work at three different restaurants up here and each, each one is its own beast. So we got one where everybody stands around and doesn't do shit till the very last order comes in. And then they spend the next hour and a half cleaning up. And then I got a place where, well, if we got five or six tickets hanging, we're, you know, swapping uh, pans out and getting things cleaned up. Like you said, and uh maybe wrapping or you know or maybe not or just covering with the spoon still in it just in case somebody walks in at the last minute Um, yeah but yeah it's 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 just one of the battles of what we do and uh i don't think it's ever going to change no no you know going back to culinary school um i taught at uh Culinary School in uh, San Francisco, or not San Francisco, in uh, Scottsdale, uh, Arizona. And I did that for a while, and uh, I really kind of gave it to the students how it is. I'm like, you know, executive chef here is going to tell you this, this, and this, and then sous chef here who's been doing this for 20-something years is going to tell you this is how it's going to be. You know, you guys are gonna be making eight fifty an hour for the next ten years and uh the only way to get out of that fucking station is to work hard and a lot. Yeah. And they are like, Well, what do you mean eight fifty? and I go, Well, knock your socks off when you're done with this school, go find out. And you know yeah. kind of another bummer about going to culinary school is all these guys think they're gonna be making Fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year when I get out of culinary school, and they're fucking just shocked.
0: Yeah, I, it's funny. It's funny that
1: go. Ahead,
0: I, I, let me jump in. You brought up uh, just a, a couple of minutes ago about the the eighty percent of the guys that you've had from culinary school have been just, for lack of a better term, worthless. And I've had I I had similar experience, and I had a number of guys come to me when i was at Christie's down in long beach and uh and out of out of the guys out of the, all the people that came to do like externships or whatever i had two guys one guy is two guys that were just like fucking badass one guy what wanted to be a pastry chef and he would do like the cardinal sin of, like, working on a special and not having, having his fucking reason done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 7, like 7.30 on a Friday and being like, we're out of Creme yeah. Brulee. And I'm like, what the fuck?
2: That's and then I would bring son.
0: him, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'd bring him aside at the end of the night. And he was a kid from Huntington Beach and I'd bring him aside at the end of the night and I'm like, okay, look, man, okay, if you ever run out of fucking Creme <laughs> uh, Brulee at 7.30 on a Friday, or at any point on a friday just don't come back like seriously yeah, but then and and he was good he was super talented you know like like creative and like knew the shit he just wanted to work on what he wanted to work on and then not you know not do his chores before he went out and played he wanted to go out and play and then and then like eh, i
1: didn't do my chores um
0: yeah, it's funny but then but I,
1: it, it, and you're right about that because uh um, you know, uh, yesterday I went into a different restaurant, and we have to have specials ready by, oh, at the latest, 4.30, because we open at 5, we got to get the menu printed. Yeah. Um, and I think somebody said to me the other day, they're like, well, what's your routine, and then how do you get your specials done so fast? And it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, you, you do it over and over and over again. You kind of know your flavors and you know your profile. But before I did that, it was, you know, cut two cases of chicken, cut four sides of fish, uh, get all this other, you know, other things put away and done. Like, oh, there's no chopped garlic. What, the prep guy didn't do chopped garlic last night, so now i got to do chopped garlic. And, then you know, you're busting through all this stuff. And then you look at the clock and you're like, oh, shit, four o'clock. Well, now it's time to work on specials because I got the yeah. regular menu set up. Um, and that gave me an hour to whack out six or seven different specials. Um, and, of course, we lead into the next day with certain things. It's not like we come up with this every single day. But uh, like you said, I mean, you know, I work with some people, that it was it last week. It was great. Uh, one of the guys I was working with was. We kind of slowed down, so he was kind of just screwing around, doing his own thing. And I had a few orders come in, and I looked over, and I said, boy, it'd be great if I had those potatoes ready so I could serve this fish that's already cooked and this other thing. And he kind of looked at me, and he goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, look back there. You haven't even done the mashed potatoes yet. And he goes, oh, shit. And I said, this is – and then I went, this is all of the new cooking. This is pretty dope, dude. I've never had potatoes made instantly right as I had play to play the play. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny and you got to kind of hold back a little bit. But that's you know that's where I, the
0: teaching moments come in, right?
1: Yeah, those are when the teaching moments come in and that's when you just kind of sit back and whistle or you can implode, explode, or just go with it. And I kind of just pointed back there and smiled at him and I went, it would be nice to have that starch ready for these two entrees that are going up right now. Yeah, <laughs> coffee and he kind of recipe at me and he goes, "Yeah, I think that would be a good
0: idea." <laughs> so yeah. let me let me let me ask you. Let me ask. I have a couple of questions, and and you're just freaking so candid. It's awesome. Um, your what do you get the most enjoyment out of? Like in the kitchen, is it the teaching? Is it the is it like the 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 rush time when you're, like, freaking, you know, I don't want to say barking out orders, but I always kind of looked at it as, like, being a conductor of an orchestra and, like, like boom, oh. give me this. And, you are you know, like, what what part gets you off the most or, like, do you get the most enjoyment out of it? Uh,
1: well, you know, it leads into skateboarding. You know, the reason I love skateboarding, you know, you like surfing and kind of how we hung out with different crowds is because you hung know. them.
0: Hey, hey! Don't don't
1: let don't let me
0: in with those fucking surfers, man. I was I was Delma. I was fucking Delmont pool skating with Dominic and Nathan Avila. You're and, right. You're right. All right. All
2: right freaking all right. I take it back. Doug Boyce
0: and yeah. Um, we just but, just because so, I think there was I think there was like this air this aura of like everyone was like talking about Brett Baker, the new kid. Right and I, and to be honest with you, I I'm kind of an introverted person. Like I'm kind of a shy person, and I hardly ever like like I tell people this, and they're like, "Yeah, you're fucking full of shit." Well, give me a give me a chef coat, or give me a uniform, and I don't have to be me. Like I can be that persona, right? And that makes uh, me the outgoing I think and gregarious I guy. Think you, I think you got right
1: into it. Um It was. Kind of like you said, you know, I was kind of known for skateboarding, um, and the enjoyment I got out of skateboarding was not only was I good and could do a lot of cool things, but when I was skateboarding, nobody was telling me what to do. I was didn't have to think about anything. It was more of a zen type thing. So nice. uh, when we, the one thing that gets me in the kitchen is I love just being slammed. I I, I like that stress. Uh, being able to handle it, uh, being able to talk, being able to figure out problems. I mean, uh, my title over at one of the restaurants, I have three titles, is Problem Solver, and that's over at sure. Church and Grill uh, because that's what I do. I solve problems, and that's basically, I'm like, yeah, I cook food, but basically I solve problems that happen all night, whether it's the dishwasher, somebody not showing up to work, somebody not doing their job right, I solve that problem. Um, now I've worked and you and I have grown up where we've worked with the chefs that yell and throw and bang shit around Um, and as a young chef I kind of had that mentality too but now I've kind of grown into the passive like oh it's okay we just need to get this up right now I really need you to get this in the pan Uh, they're waiting on it I can only tell you one more time you know, this is a priority, put what you're doing down and get this out. And then we're going to move on. Yeah. On the next thing.
0: Um, more, more, so more nurturing. I
1: guess, yeah. I have taught school. I've taught a uh, grade school. I've taught college. I've taught culinary school and I find myself at, I think training in the kitchen is one of my best things. Uh, being slammed is one of my best things. Um, and of course, I think a lot of chefs get that instant gratification. Um, you know, we're in this job to please people.
0: And oh, yeah. uh
1: you know, and since Anthony Bourdain off himself, there's been a few articles that have been out and uh you know, being a chef is not only fun and exhilarating and you kinda of get a rock star persona, but it's also very depressing work. Um you know, you don't get home till midnight, one or two. Um, there's lots of alcohol that's involved. Uh, you're taking care of, you do 250 guests a night, so you're taking, you're taking care of 250 people, plus you've got 90 people on your staff. Um, you're taking care of everybody, and nobody takes care of you. Like last yeah. night, um, you know, one of the cooks, I was like, what do you want for dinner? And he goes, just beer. And I go, yeah, I know how you feel. Uh, so it's like you know we just took care of 150 people plus 15 employees and then here me and one of the other cooks are drinking beer for dinner and it's like we can have anything we want so right uh, you know that's one of the things that's kind of misleading about chefs and uh people always ask my wife oh it must be great being married to a chef she's like no it's awful cause all he ever wants to eat is Cheerios and maybe with sugar on top or a glass of milk. And, uh, he's not home during Thanksgiving. He's not home during Christmas. Yeah. He's out doing all these other things. So.
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah. There's, there's I could... just wide, you know, and a lot of these movies, portray chefs as, you know, rock stars and using tweezers and shit and <laughs> to plate food. Uh, And that's so in some restaurants, but not in any of the ones I work. Uh, We really get our hands dirty here, and we do most of all our prep, and we put all our food out. Um, So it's funny to hear other people that aren't in the business talk about it, because you're like, nope, that's not how it is at all. Nope.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not
1: at all. So what I get out of it, I really get just that rush and excitement. And then when I'm busy, I like that zen because I don't have to worry about the little things in life like bills or things like that. I can make jokes, uh, you know, most of the night, and you know, is fucking with each other. Uh, How can I make this guy laugh, or what can I do? What can I put in his station to make him laugh or her laugh, or, you know, where can I draw a dick or a penis where they're going to see it, you know? (laughs) So... You know, you know, like keeping that, work, keeping that little kid
0: alive.
1: Yeah. Keeping that yeah, little kid I, alive. Yeah. Well, yeah, shit. I mean, you're playing with fire knives and food. I mean, how much more fun can it get? And then <laughs> half the night fucking with each other and making jokes. So, you, you know, I, I get a lot of that. Out ah. of That's most of what I enjoy is just the camaraderie and, the, you know, the the screwing around and making really good food and making people happy. Um that's kinda of what I get out of it. Uh it's kind of a zenful thing for me. Uh it's especially so when I get awesome. the kitchen to, Yeah, especially when I get the kitchen to myself. I get to come in and play whatever music I want. And then I get to bang out my prep rather than dodging around, you know, four or five different people and then one guy's like, Oh, well, I wanna fucking listen to reggae. I wanna to listen to Metallica and it's like, Well fuck, I don't wanna to listen to Metallica and then somebody else is like, Well, I wanna to listen to you know, Hotel California and I'm like, No fucking Eagles in the kitchen, no country. No <laughs> eagles, all right? Those are my only two rules. So- me
0: me me, <laughs> me you me, you and, and and the fucking big Lebowski. Me, you and the dude are like no Eagles, man.
1: <laughs> no fucking Eagles. I'm so sick of the Eagles. I've listened to it my whole goddamn life. No Hotel California. Yeah. I don't give a shit if it's a live version or not. We're not putting the shit on. So yeah, it's it's Dude, uh, it's funny. It's really funny.
0: <laughs> I, I I can't I can't help. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna get serious, but I I can't help. I'm gonna say I'm getting. I get a a little emotional. I'm getting a little emotional right now because listening to you talk, it's like you're telling my story about how it was for me.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm
0: not fucking kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Like like you know, I would, I, I've been married for almost seven years and like, you know, people would say that thing, you know, oh, it must be great, Little, you know, married to a chef or the, to the girls that I, you know, the gals that I dated while I was, while I was working and all of them, to all of them were like, no, nah, fucking sucks, But totally sucks. Oh, yeah. And then like, and then I would go back and people are like, how do you like it? And I'm like, well, you know, I do, but, but like at the times, like where I've had a respite of like either not, you know, kind of. Taking a break from work or like doing a, something different where I didn't have to be where I wasn't in the kitchen all day and I would say didn't have to be in the kitchen all day. I most of the time I chose to fucking be in the kitchen, but but like you know you miss out on like family holidays and like birthdays and different and and you would just be like fuck man. But when you're when you were saying about hey what what you said to your one of your line guys like hey what do you want for dinner and they were like beer and. Like, I used to have guys that would – we were working in an Italian restaurant, and we're making fucking pastas and steaks and, like, all kinds of shit. And then these dudes would sit down at the end of the night and eat a gigantic bowl of pasta, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking vomit. If if like food – there's no way in hell – like, the only thing that's going to make me feel decent right now is a fucking ice-cold beer. Like, are you shitting me? Like, how can you – like, I would look at my guys, and, and most of the guys that I was working with were all all Mexican dudes. And we would just, we would just converse in Spanish and I would just be like, I would just look at them and I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me right now? That is disgusting. Uh, and, and I would just, caveat, and I would just like, go ahead. No, I know.
1: I mean, I was just going to say the caveat to that is, and no matter what it is, I'll eat anything as long as I don't have to make it. And that's the other that's thing true. people don't get. It's like when I go over to barbecues or picnics, they're like, Oh, boy, we got a chef here. I don't know. Uh, and I was like, look, I don't give a fuck boy. if you make macaroni, cheese, and hot dogs. As long as I don't have to fucking make anything, I'm cool with it. Like, you could put some butter on toast and serve that to me for dinner, and I'm cool with it. Um, Dude! So, it's <laughs> like, I've had my hands and guts and fish all day long. I've had a all over everybody else's food. And the last thing I want to do is fucking stick my hands in something and make myself something to eat. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. People, people, people
0: would always, they'd go to, they'd be like, how do you, how do you go out to eat? Or how do you blah? And I was like, I was like, there's nothing better than a fucking home cooked meal. Yeah. And, and, oh. and to be honest, like if someone else, like, like I would, I would tell them like, I usually have to set my level of expectation to where I'm dining. Like, if I'm going to Ruth's Chris or the 555, like, I expect a certain level of of execution. If I'm going to fuck, if it's 2 in the morning and I'm going to freaking Norm's or Denny's, like, the fact that I got crispy fries and, and a hot meal, like, I'm stoked. Like, it would just be like, hey, if they're, and then on a regular night, like, if they're, I could tell if they're trying or if they're just like fuck this shit and I'm phoning it in. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of how I. But but that but that point that you made about if I'm going to someone's house, I never judge. Like I'm like, oh, fuck you just wanted to cook for either. me. That's awesome. Not at all.
1: Never, never ever. I don't care how awful it is, and it's usually never awful. It's like you no. said. It's like fuck. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to do anything. All I have to do is sit down and eat. And, yeah. use my manners yeah. and please and thank yous and everything's perfect we're here yeah. everything has to be perfect and it has to be perfect when it comes out of my hand so you know you you get to alleviate that stress when you get to go to a buddy's house and let them cook uh yeah, fuck yeah. and that's usually my rule they know unless it's a big party uh you know where we got 20 or 30 people over and it's a big barbecue then of course i i get my hands dirty but uh no most of the people that my friends know if I'm coming over for dinner I'm not doing shit just sitting there having a beer and watching or throwing in, right. or they ask me, "What would you do if you're doing this?" and I say, "Oh, this is what I would do and then you know maybe that's about it, but uh no i i, I think I, I told you this the other day you know when chefs are off, they're really off, and one of my names <laughs> with. My executive chef is on my days off, and it's the same with him. No text, no calling each other. Uh, only if the restaurant burns down. Then then, yeah. then we talk. But other than that, it's handle your fucking problems. Handle what's on your plate. Be proactive, and don't fucking call me. It's my day off.
0: Yeah. Because I'm yeah. going be, to be back
1: tomorrow or the next day, and uh, it's going to be the same thing. So yeah, we're yeah. pretty good about giving our time, you know, our uh, time to each other up here um, because it's it's only a day. You know, it might be a day a week or two days a week if you're lucky. Um, so I'm pretty selfish with my time. But Yeah, I hear that. So I would have to say a lot of chefs are pretty selfish with their time. Now, I'm not meaning like we don't do a lot of uh, uh, work for uh, – you know, hunger coalition or things of that nature, schools or churches, like we're always volunteering and we're always doing stuff for the community. I think that's part of your responsibility, especially when, uh, the people that you work for own three restaurants in the town. Um, so we're always doing things, you know, for the community. Um, right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying personal time when I'm away, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's very coveted and you take it pretty seriously. Um, because you're around people well, all day. You're around people around uh, 12, 13, 15 hours a day, you know? God,
0: tell me about it. Dude, I, I remember like, so today actually, uh, we're looking at it for people that may be listening to this at a different time. Um, today is September 16th and it's my 11 year sobriety birthday.
1: Congratulations. So, <laughs> Thanks,
0: dude. It's, so, uh, if Hey, if it fucking still worked for me, I'd probably still drink and I'd probably still smoke pop. It's well, just didn't, it what. just stopped working.
1: There's been a few times where I had to put myself in check and had a few friends kind uh, of go. You, you might be going off the deep end a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be, and no offense to you, but I didn't want to be one of those chefs that was a uh, a sober chef. I, I and I don't mean I'm drunk every night. I just mean I didn't want to be around the kitchen and not have, not be able to have that beer at the end of the night or, you know, have that glass of wine at the end of the night because I've worked with a few of those guys. And, you know, after work, it's like I got to get out of here because all of you guys are going to start drinking and, you know, relaxing. And um, I – Kind of never wanted to be in that position, so I've I've had to put myself in check a few times. Oh, uh, dude, my you know wife what? Put me in check, and my brother, and you know, a lot of people <laughs> have been like, "You keep doing this shit, you're going to be going down a deep, dark, long road." And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that." So, well, we're I, have keep, I have we're to I have to take on everybody. So nice, we're we're pretty good about it. Um, yeah, I,
0: not, for I, me, for me, it was one of those things of like. Like I, I was, I, I loved having the beers after work. And I, you go, going back to what, so one of the things that you had said earlier, like you had once, you had worked for some chefs that were like the screamers and the yeller and like throw shit. And I look back, like I kind of try to do some reflection, like, you know, pretty regular basis. And a lot of the times it's like, when I was first, my first experience as an executive chef, I was like so stoked to be given the opportunity. I did everything that I needed to do to like, like get a good team around me, except for like hire people that were better than me. Cause I was, I was a little bit scared that, that like, if I hired someone better than me, then, then I would, I would lose my job. Right. But I also tried to teach as much as possible because I wanted to, I wanted to, Share what I had learned or what I was learning or what, you know, certain things that I knew. And then I got, and then I would like ask my guys about their ideas and then we would work on those together and then come up with something cool. And then I got to a point where I got some success and then I was a fucking douchebag where like no one wanted to work with me. I was like the, I was like just insult you and like, hey, do this for me. Why should I do that? Well, cause I'm the fucking chef and you're an idiot. You know, like, like shit like that. And then I was like, holy (laughs) crap, where my ego wouldn't have fit in any building, no matter the size. And then, and then like, (laughs) and and then like, then like come back full circle where I got sober and then had like these weird just opportunities. Like one of my business partners was opening a place in, in Tahoe City and she calls and she's like, I can't think of anyone else that I would want to have like, one, that I would want to have do this for me, and two, that could probably execute exactly what I'm looking for because no one else knows me. And then have, like, the guys that I worked for previously call me up and say, hey, dude, like, when you're done with that, we really need some help because we've grown too fast and we need, like, a corporate chef to come in and, like, rein everything in. And then, you know, just it's just weird but like, going full circle where then I became the teacher again and was like, oh, I can – but you know what's funny is with the, with, with, I, I, uh, I'm still pretty active in AA. Um, I don't get to as many meetings as I'd like to, but that issue, like when I made the choice, when I, like, asked for help, when I was like, I can't keep doing this,
1: that, that yeah. they
0: talk about in the program of and it's like, that the obsession at some point gets lifted. Right. Once I asked for help, the obsession was gone like completely so i've never i've never experienced that of like i need to get out of where you guys are with the alcohol like i would fucking shoot myself in the face if i had if i felt like that like i would go to there's times where i go to meetings and i'd hear people be like i'm 20 years sober and i can't walk down the fucking liquor aisle at the grocery store and i'm like god damn go have a drink you know like that's not recovery man that's that's like that's not recovery to me like you're living in fear like you should be able to go anywhere and do anything without any repercussions. Like if you have a reason for being there, and I have a reason for going to the grocery store all the time, I would I would be like paralyzed. I'd probably still drink if I felt that way. But it was one of those. Oh, you know, no, like,
1: that, it's a, I I can't put myself in that position, um, and I can understand how the anxiety and stress can build if you've been doing that. You know, and you know, Matt, it's a coping mechanism for night. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, in San Francisco, it was like, oh, uh, so-and-so had Coke, so-and-so had pills, so-and-so had booze, so-and-so had the weed. I mean, it was almost like a fucking pharmacy. It's in the restaurant. Um, yeah. You could basically get anything you wanted at any time. So, <laughs> you really had to be weary of that one, too. It was like, oh, my back hurts. That guy's got in. <laughs> he's not using
0: it for thank you he's, he's trying to he's I, just trying to get hot
1: yeah I know that motherfucker's got a bunch of biking in his backpack and then be like hey Jose yeah. can I get one of those pills <laughs>
0: okay thank you
1: <laughs> so, so yeah so we.
0: that's fucking hysterical that's fucking hysterical
1: yeah, yeah San Francisco was quite a wild time for me uh I had a lot of fun. Tell me about that. Well, well, I'll tell you, I got my first. You'll like this. This is going to be kind of on the, uh, maybe on the uh, rated R type scenario, but uh, I was in culinary school, and I was dating this uh, chick in culinary school, and we were just inseparable. I mean, anywhere we went, we just couldn't keep our hands off each other. And then so a couple of the guys that I worked with, we're working at a big restaurant and one of them goes, well, we need to saute cook. And I was like, dude, I can't, I, I can't saute cook at a fine dining restaurant. And I go, how many fucking seats? And they're like 350. And I was like, fuck that. And I go, how many saute cooks? And they go one, sometimes one. And if it's really busy two. And you know, the saute guy does set pastas, all that shit. And so I walk into the, so I walk into this restaurant green as I was and um, I sit down with the executive chef and the sous chef and they're like well we're looking for uh, a uh, sake cook and I said I want to be honest with you guys I have no fucking clue how to operate this station how to do it I said but I'm a fast learner and I said if you just give me a chance I think I could prove to you that I can do it and right then and there the executive chef got up and he goes nah we can't use you I need somebody right away and he walked away and I was like fuck this is like my first real interview at a, at a right. dining restaurant and i was like god damn it maybe i'm in the wrong profession and i was like whatever and so the sous chef we were drinking coffee and he sat there and he we talked for a few more minutes and he was like well sorry you know chef is right we, need, we really do need some of the focus position and then i said something i said well you got a huge restaurant he goes well you want to look around and they said, yeah. And I was just being cordial. I was like, I don't have the job, so why do I want to fucking look around? But anyway, we started looking around. And it was a two-story restaurant in uh, San Francisco. And so he's walking me around and showing me all the coolers. And I think there was like four or five walk-ins. He showed me, you know, where everything was. And then he takes me downstairs and um, brings me in the dry storage. And we're looking at all the stuff. And it was a huge room. And the server walks in and opens the door, and then him and I, our eyes just meet, and it's dead silent. And the sous chef's standing there, and he's looking at us, and he goes, looks like there's history here. And then the server goes, you're going to fucking hire him? Fuck this. And he slammed the door and walked away, and the sous chef goes, what's up with that? And I go, it's kind of personal. I don't really want to talk about it. And he goes, too late. You got to talk about it. And I go, well, I guess I found out the hard way. I was fucking his girlfriend. <laughs> and he goes, you were fucking so-and-so? She's so hot. He gets on the phone, calls upstairs, and uh calls the chef. He goes, you got to come down here right now. And the chef walks down. And then the C chef goes, guess who Brett's fucking? <laughs> <laughs> a gave her her day. He goes, oh, you're hired. When can you start? And I said, yes. he goes, Sweet. He, goes Sweet. he goes, we're hiring you just on that fucking fact alone. And I was, That's enough, merit. There was my us. first. There was my first professional job. That's how I got the job. I was screwing somebody's uh. fucking bitch. I was screwing somebody's girlfriend, and I didn't know it. And he had to serve server at this restaurant. <laughs> oh my god! So. <laughs> So, so how, I how, old, how old were you at that point? At that time, I was, uh, I must have been like 23. 20. Oh, wow. 22, That's...
0: 23. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Were you able to, Were you able? did the server stay working there? Did you stay working there for a, a time? Oh, it was, the, oh to... it was
1: the worst. Oh, yeah, the fucking server. Dude, you talking about giving each other shit, it was the fucking worst Matt. So there I am on the line. Then I got to fucking give this guy his food, right? So we're looking at each other every day, and he's just fucking laser beaming me every time he comes in the kitchen. And, and a couple times I was like, look, you know, it fucking takes two to tango, goddammit, all right? She told me she wasn't dating anybody. So I'm fucking sorry, all right? Just let her fucking be. Jesus Christ. And then then it got to the point where I'd be like, the chef would be like, Oh, hey, Brett, yeah, you can leave early tonight. Yep. Go ahead, do whatever you want. Maybe you can call so-and-so's girlfriend. And he'd be in the kitchen, and I would just be like, fucking A, you guys. <laughs> and he would just be fun. You could just see the smoke coming out of his ear. And then he would oh. be like, he had this whiny voice. He'd be like, are you guys really going to let Brett go a little early? And they're like, now we are. As long as he calls you, I'm not saying any names, but he goes, as long as he calls, what's your name? And I was just like, dude, you guys. And they're like, Brett, you can take off. And I'd walk, we were upstairs, Then I'd have to walk by him, and then I'd walk upstairs, and he'd just look at me and just be like, don't you even fucking think about it. And I'm like, dude, you know, so it was constant harassment. And this poor fucking guy. I swear to God, if I was probably the same today, he'd just want to knock my front fucking teeth out. Um, Oh, I bet. But but these guys were relentless. And we used to have nights where it was like, who can we make cry night?" And it was just like we would just beat up on one guy. And it went all the way around the restaurant. It wasn't just we didn't pick on one guy. But it was like, so who's who's crying tonight? And it would usually be the guy that came in late or the guy that's not pulling his weight and then we would just fucking pick on and pick on and pick on. So it either blew up or, you know, something happened or we all just got a fucking kick out of it. Oh, but, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, being Hayes as a young kid in a big kitchen with these big boys and having that fucking scenario behind me, it, it kind of really paid off and made me kind of who I am today. Uh, sure. Because, uh, those guys fucking gave me a fucking tough skin. Um, and needless to say, it was fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: I, I mean, like, we, we look back on it now as like forty, forty four, forty three, forty five 44, 43, 45 year old dudes, and we're like, yeah, we look back on it and laugh. Imagine trying to, it, I mean, like, that shit would not fly for one second today. Like, everyone's oh so sensitive. No. Oh my God.
1: Oh no. I, I made somebody cry just a few days ago because they they were going to go eat lunch somewhere. And I said, when you come back from fucking lunch, bring me something because I'm fucking starving. And they come back and they're like, oh, lunch was so good. And I go, well, where's mine? And they went, oh, fuck, I forgot. And I go, the one goddamn thing I asked for, you know, some fucking Thai food. You didn't bring me back any fucking curry or anything? Any leftovers? No. And I was like, fuck, all right, fuck it then. No dinner for you. And I was, you know, fucking around, of course. And right. like everything, everything that happened that night, and it built up. And, and she, you could tell she was visibly upset. Like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean uh-huh. it. And I was like, I'm just fucking around. So then she said yeah. something, and I was like, yeah, I'd help you, but I'm too fucking hungry because I didn't get lunch. And she fucking started bawling. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, crying out loud. And I went over yeah. and I was like, what are you so upset at? She's like, I told you I was sorry. There's just so much going on in my life. And I go, look, this is our little island of fuck-offs, okay? Don't bring your problems here. I mean, if you fucking can't take my jokes, then, then tell me, Brett, you're hurting my feelings. but so don't let it fucking come to a head where you're going to start crying in a fucking open kitchen. And I was like, fuck. So I gave her a hug and a kiss on her forehead, and I was like, it's okay. I'm sorry. Okay, right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's just like God, you guys are so fucking sensitive these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: take a take a fucking punch and go with it and have fun. But, yeah, yeah, those are the those are the times, you know. These are those times too, but you, you just can't get off and you can't get away with throwing shit around like we used to and cussing the way we used to, and and I think oh, that comes no. with age. You just you just you know you become mellowed out you know what what's urgent and you know what's not yeah uh, well there's a
0: there's a different way to to uh be able to articulate what what it is that you want or need as opposed to give me that fucking plate right now
1: so we got this we got this new one going on where uh Yeah, I I know you've heard it on flight recorders on airplanes. Like, if you don't put the landing gear down, it'll say, you know, landing gear, landing gear. Or it'll say, pull up, pull up, or terrain, terrain. So now we've been doing that in the kitchen where the front of the house is getting so slammed, and we're like, pull up, pull up. Everyone's like, why are you guys saying that? And I go, because you guys are fucking going in the ditch unless you don't pull up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we still, we, we keep the jokes going as much as we can.
0: You have uh, to, you have to. It's, the kitchens are such a high-stress environment, man. And I, I think, like, it's really funny to talk to people that have not spent any time working either as a server in a in a busy restaurant or in, in some sort of service industry, or if they've never worked in a kitchen and then you get a bunch of kitchen people or restaurant people around, like, shooting the shit, and and people just don't get it, like, you know, like some of the stuff they would be like, God, that's just fucking criminal. And you're like, yeah, it was just a Tuesday. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, like.
1: Criminal? You know, no, I didn't do anything that bad. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, like. No I, you know, Yeah. I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't stab anyone. And no one, you know, no one told me to, to stick that freaking mixer where, you know, blah. And you're like, you know, people are just oh, like fuck. looking at you with fucking like you got three eyes.
1: No, and then you're talking about stabbing somebody. And then I got another quick story. <laughs> and then they hire Keep this them coming. Keep went. them coming. Yeah, this, they fucking hire this guy that's got – he wears uh, combat boots every day to work. And I'm like, all right, this guy's fucking off kilter. And I'm, I got to train him. And so I'm training him. And the motherfucker – we have one dish that has peas. So we have a nine pan and it has fresh-picked peas, and it went in a lobster risotto. It's the only goddamn Mm -hmm. thing the peas went in, one fucking dish, you know? And then I would look over, and he's going through nine pan after nine pan of fucking peas, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, well, this has peas in it. And I go, no, it doesn't. Well, this pasta has peas in it. No, it doesn't. I go, there's one dish that has peas. It's fucking lobster risotto. And I go, quit fucking putting peas in every goddamn dish. And so we were going on and on and on about it. And then I was on his ass about it. Then the chef was on my ass about why is he fucking putting peas in it? Why aren't you training him not to put peas in it? And I go, dude, you go fucking tell that fucking maniac to stop putting peas in shit. And so he went up to him and he was like, hey, you can only put peas are for the fucking lobster risotto. Okay, so this has been going on for a month. And finally one of the servers comes up. And I'm standing there on the line. I'm expediting at this time. Chef's off the line. I'm expediting. And he puts up a dish, and the server goes, you know, I'm sick of it. You fucking put peas in every goddamn dish. He fucking grabs her by the scruff of her, um, her, her blouse, her waiting shirt, yeah. pulls her through the window where the heat lamps are, and then reaches down in his boot and pulls out this fucking 12-inch fucking machete out of his boot. He goes, No way you fucking talk to me that way one more time, I'm gonna chop your fucking head off. And I'm standing there on the line and I walk right off the line and I get on the phone and I go, Hey Chef, why don't you come up here and relieve me? And he goes, Oh, what's the problem? And I went, You'll find out when you get up here <laughs> And he came up and he and I go, I'm not working my fucking psycho anymore. Dude, we had the fucking cops show up. I mean no way. Like, you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. And then so after about two or three months, he was all yelling it up. Oh, you're going to fucking fire me? Well, if I fucking see you guys out on the street, I'm going to kill you guys and this and that. So here I am. I'm skating to work one day, and I go to one of my spots, and I uh, sit down, and I have a sandwich. And then lo and behold, the fucking guy walks up and stands right behind me. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this my fucking last day on the planet? And I turn around and I look at him and I go, hey, what's up? And he goes, nothing. He goes, how's work? And I go, fine. And I go, where are you working? And he told me. And then he goes, good. He walked away and I thought, oh, my God. I thought I was just going to get my head chopped off.
0: And he had the same
1: fucking, he had the same fucking combat boots on and everything.
0: Oh, so, man. Yeah.
1: There's, there's been a few uh, few guys that have almost gone over the edge i've seen and that that scenario with him pulling the fucking knife out was like uh i don't want to be around these people sorry
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i've never i've never experienced anything quite like that i've I've experienced where like like dudes will go out on a cigarette break and then and then all of a sudden they're like you're like it's like 15 minutes you're like where the fuck is so-and-so oh they just walked they just left and you're like they just left what what? Or, or, or like, or like you see the guy go into the walk-in and then, and then he comes out and he, you're, he's already like not quite right to begin with and so you don't really notice anything but like he goes in the walk-in and then all of a sudden you turn him back and you're like, uh, okay, and then, and then like goes to do something else and then like, and then all of a sudden like he just like can't talk and like, you know, splashing fucking hot fryer oil on his face because he's way you know like you're like dude what did you just do like how did you go from like zero to 60 in like four minutes like i have you been doing shit all night because like i you
1: know oh i've seen it oh i've walked in there where they're doing bumps in the fucking walk-in and i'm like uh it's not after hours yet you want one i'm like no it's not after hours yet get back on the fucking line
0: and then yeah. I to
1: this other guy. Fuck, the, the brandy supply just kept dwindling, and the chef was like, "Dude, we're not making that many scampies and shit." And he goes, "Where's all the fucking brandy going?" And I go, "I don't fucking know." And so I'm working with one of the line cooks, and I'm watching him. He puts like a splash of soda, and, you know, or you know, you know, the cups we drink out of the kitchen—they're huge. Oh yeah, and we're just constantly drinking water. And I watched him one day, put a fucking splash of soda in and almost filled it to the top full of brandy. And I went, God damn, dude. I go, you really going to drink that? And he goes, yeah. And I went, well, there's where all the brandy's going. I mean, (laughs) how do you, J&B, it's like, fuck, dude. (laughs) uh, At the end of the night, he was so fucking tore up. It was just like, all right, we got to send this guy home. He he can't even stand up. And it was pretty much habitual until we got rid of him.
0: But don't you think it's funny? Like you were like, well, he's he's, you know, you're like weighing the options. Okay, how's it going to be if we send him home now? Um, versus, let's see if he can manage. Is he exceptional oh, at his? Yeah. Like you go through this scenario of like, is this guy? Is it going to hurt me more to send him home, or just to lose him outright? Or is it going to? Is it going to be like? We can get by without them. Because I would do that. I'd make like a snap decision. I'd be like, okay, you're fucking done. Get out of here.
1: I, I and would then, basically, give, I, I would be like L.A. rules. I give people three, three tries, sometimes four, and three strikes you're out. Right. And, uh, and it's because, I mean, it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of your time to train people. Um, sometimes you just need somebody to be in a set of shoes to be there. Um, just because you need a pair of extra hands, so I kind of weigh that scenario too. It's like, fuck, do I really? Am I counting on this guy, or is he just there to run and grab shit for me right now? And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, you either get tired of it, or it becomes uh, too much of a problem, or you start getting in trouble because the booze is being drunk on the line, and you're supposed to be watching that. And so, yeah, it's either him or I. It comes down to him.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I know that same feeling that you get. It's like, fuck, I got to weigh these scenarios. I got to weigh whether it's going to be beneficial or not. Uh, More than likely, it's kind of beneficial to keep them on as long as you can because you're going to end up training two guys, three guys. Two out of the three aren't going to work out. One's going to work out for a year, and he's going to quit, and then it's just, you know. You've been in it. It's just fucking back uh, and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah. forth, and then you finally get a good yeah. crew for three or four years, and then it you know kind of disassembles. And yeah. right now, in, in all our restaurants, we have some pretty tight crews, so it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Nice, it's a lot of fun. You know it's a lot of fun to be at work right now.
0: Awesome. You know, one of the things that I always enjoyed, and and this happened at the end, at like the end. Uh, you know like towards the end of like that last third of like when i got to be come back and be the the teacher and like you know that i always loved seeing i would tell my guys i'm like okay so i don't know if you want to be a line cook for the rest of your life or if you want to do something different or if you want to even stay in kitchens or like do you want to be a chef or do you have any aspiration of doing more than what you're doing and um to be i would say like if i if if you stay a line cook under my tutelage for the rest of your life, I'm I'm I suck. Like I would, I would tell you know I'd be like I, I just I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing like like I should be helping you to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. Yeah, yeah.
1: And That is basically because I get a lot of the younger uh, kids because I have, and I it could be having three kids and teaching, um, but I I have a way of. Um, uh, I guess, a way of patience and a way of being uh, approachable. Right. And I-, I train all my young cooks to be better than me and to exceed everything that I do. Like, I lead the way, and then after a couple months, uh, if I see they're doing well, I'll put them in the lead position. And, boy, does that rattle their cage. Blah, 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 blah. And I go, look, I'm going to stand right next to you. You're not going to go down. I'm not going to make fun of you. I go, but you gotta, you've you been in pantry. Now it's time to move up. Like, come over here and saute some shit. Let me show you how to cook this fish. Let me show you how to butcher this fish. You know? Right. Um, so when I'm working, I always let everybody else, if they want, to try to get in the lead position or the heavier positions. And then I kind of step back and babysit. And maybe I'll run the pantry and let them work. And if they get in trouble, then we'll switch back. And then I'll get them out of the weeds, and then I'll let them come back. Um, but that's always been my approach to teaching is um, I always want everybody to leave way better than I was and have bigger jobs or own their own businesses. Um, I, My wife and I, we, we had two restaurants. Um, and they did well for themselves. But I like burning other people's money. Um, I like not owning a lot of the responsibilities of having, you know, all the insurance, just the the mundane things that you don't really want to deal with. The rent, the overhead, um, the insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I think we got 96 or 99 employees, and you know this every single fucking one of them has a different personality. Oh, yeah. So wherever you, wherever you work, you got to tone your personality to the, personal, to the personality of that restaurant. Um, you know, you might work with somebody that's real snappy or edgy, or you might work with somebody that's real sensitive, or you might work with just a fucking dick. I work with a lot of dicks. And... I throw it right back in your face. I'm like, if we're going to have a dick night, then here we go. It's going to be a dick night. And you guys know I don't give up very easily. Or we can right. have a real fun night. So it's kind of up to you guys how we're going to bring this night together. And we usually, we usually try to have fun. But there's been a few nights where we've had our hands on each other's throats. <laughs> Figurative, figuratively or literally? Uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we even, even had guests go, uh, what's going on in the kitchen? And we, <laughs> to and we go, oh, the chefs are uh, discussing what's happening tomorrow. And it's like, fuck you, you motherfucker. If you don't take your fucking hands off me, I'm going to kill you. And this is going right. all out in the restaurant. And people are like, uh, no, everything's fine. They're just discussing the next order that's coming up. And yeah. then they come back and, you know, we're just going at it. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, enough. Enough of this shit. Come on. Yeah. Let's relax. We can do this after work, okay? <laughs> just scaring you, know, you scaring You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny is that
0: is like when I – and, again, I, I go back to like when you brought up the how many employees and how everyone's personality is different. I, I thought, one, and you probably have the same skill, but one of the things that I always thought was a benefit of me was to be able to read people and how they heard things. Because oh, I could yeah. communicate, like, the same thing to two different people, but one guy is going to hear it if I if I'm just direct and, like, you know, kind of harsh, and then the other yeah. person is going to be, like, you have to kind of, like, okay, so here's why we're doing this, and this is why we need to get to the – you know, this is where we're starting and A, B, C, and then we get to the end result. And that's why we want to do it this way. And you're telling them the same exact thing. And, like, if you told the other person, the second person, the way that you told the first person, they'd, they'd just freaking, they'd pack it up. They'd be like, I'm out of here. This yeah, sucks.
1: They, they shut down. And yeah, I think that goes with being a chef is, you you know, you know first and foremost, your main job is to make money for the restaurant. Uh you know, and, and the way I look at it, second of all is you need to be a teacher and a leader in that kitchen. Yeah. Uh, because you know you're the you're the guy that brings morale to the kitchen. If you come in all piss headed, everyone else is going to be pissy and shitty. But if you come in with you know you know a happy smile on your face, good music, and a good attitude. Um, and that flows through the whole kitchen and flows through all the servers that bring levity to the restaurant, you know? Uh, yeah. So, you know, being a chef is, it's a bunch of little things bundled into one. It's almost like being a psychologist, a team leader, a coach, a teacher, a, you know, someone to break up fights, someone to have to go out and explain to certain tables, you know, what's going on and, why this is this, and I'm sorry you're upset, and, you know, I mean, all of that stuff, you have to articulate, you have to be able to articulate yourself, like you said, in different means and manners, you got to know who you're talking to at first, because if you go, hey, would you go grab me that fucking chicken, somebody somebody might go, fuck you, well, I didn't mean it that way, we're in the kitchen, pretty pleased with sugar on top, would you go grab me the chicken, okay, (laughs) hey, no, I'm not going to
0: do anything for you, you patronizing asshole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pretty please. Then, then yeah. the rest of the night is, hey, hey, uh, pretty please, would you go grab me some more noodles if I'm not bothering you? And then you know, other, <laughs> other people, and then other people, where I have a few other people I can just eyeball and not say anything to, and they know exactly what the fucking do. Right. It's like, goddamn, are we, are we really that in tune? Or are we just yeah. worked together that long? You know, you just look over at that person and they're like, Oh, he needs chicken stuff or he needs this or he needs that. Yeah, or they come like over to a, the station and look. Yeah. So, it's a combination
0: of it's a combination of those things. Oh,
1: it's, it's of that
0: it's, working together with someone and then and then being in tune because you get a familiarity of like, Hey, this look means freaking back off or this look means like we need something right now or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah that's that's, and then, that's the the beauty.
1: And, you know, ultimately it goes all the way back to that comment you made about being a conductor. It's an orchestra. You know, I always have the saying, every day is our first day open or it's opening day. So let's make today better than yesterday. Um, And then when you start orchestrating all that bullshit, then you start becoming the, uh, oh, what are those guys? Air traffic controller. Because now you're yep. not only orchestrating, you're air traffic controlling all the fucking tickets that come in. Some don't want apps. Some do want apps. you got things that, order, that are order fire. And then you're, you know, placing them around. But you're strategically placing them around because you don't want your line guys to get all fucked up and, and uh, behind. So, yeah, you, you orchestrate and then you become, you know, an air traffic controller for the next six hours. And oh, after man, that, all about that, Yep. And then after that, you get your little clipboard out, and go through, and do your ordering.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm taking a hiatus from the line right now, so don't that's, come near me. That's,
1: that's about what it is. I, I'm gonna go yeah. order now. And they are always like, Ugh. Well, did you go order? Uh, yeah. Do you,
0: you want to? You really want to do? You want to do this, but. But, yeah, I, yeah, you don't. You think you do, but you don't, because it's really just mind-numbing and like tedious. And none of us got into. We didn't get into like cooking to do the tedious minutiae of all of that. But but as you progress, like there's no other way to do it other than to do that, right?
1: You have to do it. You have to do it, yeah. and you have to have your ass handed to you. And you have to make the mistakes. You have to find out where those mistakes were made. Uh, and you have to be able to, to deal with the consequences and fix those mistakes. Uh You just, it's like, you know, it's like any other profession. I can't say it's not unlike being a doctor or anything else. It's just, it's a profession, and you have to respect it, and if you don't, it'll get away from you super fast. And when it does, it just, everything crumbles. God, it crumbles from the back of the house right up to the front of the house. And then we did our night fucking open table reviews. that don't mean shit to me, but I do read them every once in a while. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you. I remember that night you came in. We did everything we could to fucking satisfy you. We bought you your two fucking $400 bottles of wine, and you still write me a bad review. Fuck you.
0: Yeah. And then the next yeah. night they come back
1: in. It's like, you know, what are you, what's that all about?
0: Must not have been that bad. Must not yeah. have been that bad. Yeah.
1: Nah, that's, that's that. Uh, or technology days, I guess. It's easier to hide yeah. it on your phone and criticize rather than raise your hand and say, you know, I'm not very pleased with what's going on right now. Well, if I don't know, I can't fix it. So, and yeah. then by the time it hits open table, it's too late. But I definitely can't fix it. Um, yeah. I usually just I usually just thumbs down all those fucking reviews. I was like, like Anthony Bourdain was saying, like that Yelp was
0: like one of the one of the worst things that ever happened for the restaurant industry.
2: Oh yeah, people people
0: will people will make up their own minds. They're gonna they're gonna pick and choose based on what someone else's experience was instead of like being open to having a new experience of their own. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh man. I, go out for dinner, I you know I could care less if my food takes an extra twenty minutes because when I go out to eat. I'm going out to have other people serve me, yeah. and you know I'm a, I'm a I watch people. I watch, of course, if I go to restaurants, I watch how they operate the restaurants. Uh, I don't go out to be a dick, and then it's, it's kind of odd because we live up, live up in this uh, town. Hi, Kelsey. We live up in this town where it's uh, mostly multimillionaires, and uh, they feel they have that obligation to be dicks and come sometimes. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of unfair. But, uh you know, we deal with it. And we deal with it with a smile and send them on their way. Because without yeah. them, I wouldn't have my job, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then but at the end, of, you're just trying to do the best you can no matter what.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's yeah. what it is. Yep. All right, dude. Well, listen, I could do this for another four hours. Yeah, you Can you believe it? That- We've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes almost. Fuck, it went fast. Yeah, well, it's got, been awesome. I
1: got tons of stories. Uh, this is kind of just, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Like I said, I've been doing this for 25 years. I got lots of other stories, um, lots of other adventures I've done in the cooking community that I'd be willing to well, share. So we'll do well, this I, if you want.
0: I'm down. I'm totally down. And I was thinking. I mean, Sun Valley, Idaho, and Salt Lake City are not too far apart.
1: No, we're almost practically neighbors. I think we're about four and a half hours away. Or maybe yeah, six. I'm. I'm not too sure. Yep. So, so we'll have to. We'll have to make some
0: trips. Like so, where where I live in Salt Lake or in Sandy is like about thirty minutes from. From, uh, Snowbird and Alta and, uh, Brighton and Solitude Resorts and then like 40 minutes from Park City. So we can, you can come down. Do you snowboard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you live in Sun Valley, <laughs> fucking Idaho? Yeah. So yeah. we can, we can, uh, like say, hey, let's, let's get together in the wintertime and, and go do some riding and we'll just freaking we cook, cook food and maybe we'll have one of our other buddies from, uh, from Southern California up with his family and, and we can all just get together and have a good time.
1: You know, another another thing I've been thinking about is uh, during, like, busy times trying to put up a camera and kind of watching some of our screw-offs and how we get through some of the busy stuff. And I think little snippets of, uh, you know, hardcore cooking would be pretty cool, too. Oh,
0: that would be fun. I was, I got, I, I've, I've got to get – go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I don't know how we could fit that into a podcast, but uh, I think that would be pretty sweet if we can get some people together and show, you know, where we work and what we're doing. And, you know, he, here's where these stories come from and here's some of the people I'm talking about. Uh, I think that'd be pretty fun. I uh, tried to get one of the other chefs that I work with to come in today, but she she's ill, so she couldn't make it. Um, well, but she, we'll just, have, one we'll of just these, have to set up a... We'll have to set up a trend to just have her and then then, uh, circle back around. And uh, she is the daughter of uh, the owners of these restaurants. I work for uh, the Masons, and she's the youngest daughter, and she's uh, wanted to be a chef and uh, get into the restaurant business. So she's kind of been one of uh, my projects to train her. And I know she wanted to talk probably, and it would be a good perspective on a young chef, You know, her parents own three successful restaurants. What are the pressures on her to make the restaurant run? Um, And then I also I talked to Scott, who is our executive chef, and he said, yeah, if you get this podcast going, he's like, I'd love to sit down and talk too." So I got a bunch of people up here that we could all sit down and have pretty funny conversations, to be honest with you. I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: Well, you know, the good thing about this podcast is it didn't cost me, uh, except for whatever I paid for this phone recording app. It hasn't cost me a single dime to get set up and run. So I'm, I'm super stoked on the, um, on that. And uh, as long as people want to keep talking to me, um, we're going to keep doing this thing. So.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's yeah. a good thing. I think we should keep it going. Uh, not only for advertisement, but I think it's good to get all this information out there. I think it's fun. It's it's kind of a career that people don't know much about. You know, they hear about Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Okay. Well, you know, have we ever thought about why did he kill himself or does anybody know why he did that? Uh, You know, and like I said, the depression of being a chef sometimes, Uh, you know, you just take care of so many people and you don't get that reciprocated. It's kind of a downer sometimes. Um, But most of all, it's just, it's a fun job. It's a job where you can screw off and have fun and be creative and get that instant gratification as soon as that place goes out. Yeah, you know, that was like one of the drugs things, for me. Yeah, and you're making memories. I mean, if we're doing a wedding party, we'll never forget that dinner. If you're doing a birthday party, a 50th anniversary or whatever, food is always involved. So it's always a celebratory type thing. It's not yeah. like, oh, mom just died. Let's go out to dinner um you know it's always a joyous event type of thing so you know yeah. I get off on I, and have a lot of fun so oh, I, was, I, I always
0: told people too like like kind of that first part that you were talking about with anthony Bourdain. you know he he did this or whatever like like the one thing i always noticed like on food network and other things like they only show about like 10 percent of what it means to be a chef like they're showing you the glamorous side which is so small
2: compared oh, to all the oh, yeah.
0: stuff that we've talked about, like the doing the inventory or making sure the freaking fryer's clean, or like, you know, when the dishwasher backs up and you're freaking sticking your arm, you know, down, down a grease trap, like, the,
1: you know, like scooping the goop out and shit. Yeah. 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 You have yeah. Go yeah. for yep. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. those steaks, to, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't watch <laughs> really. My wife did all the time, but I never really got into cooking shows because it's it's TV, and people are always yeah. like, "Oh, have you watched the new this and this?" And I go, "No, it's bullshit. It's TV." I go, first of all, if the guy's a fucking chef, he has no time to be on TV. I mean, rule number one: who who the fuck right. covering his shift if he's on TV right now? Nobody. Yeah. So that's bullshit. Unless he's doing his job. I mean, he's not going back to that restaurant if he's fucking filming for six weeks or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, nobody's yeah. going to cover it. Nobody. So, you know, there's a lot of those things that kind of piss me off that aren't really real. Um, You know, but that's here nor there. It's TV, so yeah. I can't really get too mad at it. It's entertainment. But yeah. I kind of stay away from the cooking shows. Yep.
0: All right, man. Well, shit, Brett. I want you to have a wonderful Sunday, man. Yeah. I, I can't. I I can't thank you enough for, for spending a good portion of it with me and and having a little chat, man. This has been this has been fun, and and uh, I will, we will talk again before twenty years has passed. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's been quite a <laughs> while. hopefully, I'm 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 <laughs> hoping that I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping that this will, will, uh, spurn, uh, a new and, um, a new friendship and, uh, one that, that should have been, should have been, uh, started along in the past, man.
1: Yeah, you know, it was nothing between you and I. It just, we, you know, our paths just went separate ways. I don't know why. Yeah. It, it's yeah, we, uh, most, like
0: our, night, you know. our, our circles were like, they are intertwined, but, but we seem to be on the outsides of both of those, and never really. I mean, we did, but not. It wasn't like nothing, like you said in the beginning. Like we did, it was just like we didn't hang around oh, yeah, with, the, yeah. with each other's crews most of the time. Yeah, you
1: know, we we we'd see each other at the blind parties and be like, "What's up?" and have a beer together. Tough, and then yeah. and then you know, all of a sudden, you're going over somewhere else, and I'm trying to hook up with somebody or do something, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how it was, Uh, but let's do this again, Matt. It was a
0: pleasure. You got it, man.
1: All right, bud. I'll talk to you soon. All right, ciao.
2: Take care.